Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Hey, we're continuing our series today called The Good Good News. I hope you guys are digging in with your journals throughout the book of Mark. Man, I hope you're taking notes. I hope this is beneficial. We hope you are in on the weekly blogs that we're posting, all the information that we're providing for you to encounter the reality of Jesus throughout the book of Mark. Well, I'm going to continue today talking from one of my favorite passages of scripture, one of my favorite parables that Jesus taught, the parable of the sower and the seed. We're all familiar with it. So let's go ahead and jump right in to Mark chapter four, verse one. And it says this again, he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. In his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some fell among the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky soil, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of root. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him here. I love this. Jesus is in a boat teaching people because the crowd is so thick. And then we kind of see things change. He goes along with his disciples and it says this, when he was alone, when he was alone, those around him, the 12, so he wasn't completely alone. He was alone with the 12. They asked him about the parable. They're like, Lord, it did not make sense what you're talking about. You're talking about all these spiritual things or seeing all these miracles. And now you're talking about a farmer and sowing. And he said to them, to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God. For those outside, everything is said in parables. Now get this. Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's breaking down the parables. Most of the time we think most of the breakdown needs to happen uh, to the people that are kind of outside of the inner circle, that we need to make everything really low hanging for them. But Jesus is really going out of his way to make sure his disciples get it. And he says this, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive and may indeed hear, but not understand lest they should turn over or turn and be forgiven. So again, Jesus is keeping things, the things on the top shelf for the disciples. And what he's saying basically is, listen, the secrets of the kingdom, they're not for everybody. They're just for you. I've got something just for you. And it's important for us to remember sometimes that just because the Lord's revealing something in our life, it doesn't mean that it's for everybody. It's not necessarily for the world. Now, if they come to Jesus and they encounter the Lord, now that they've encountered him, they can actually understand these secrets of the kingdom. But sometimes I think that we try to 
uh, explain things, spiritual things, to unspiritual people, and they have no way to understand that. How many of you know that it takes God to receive from God? It takes God to understand God. And so Jesus is saying, listen, I'm spending the time with you. These things are for you so that you'll have a greater understanding because revelation begets revelation. And so he continues in this story. In verse 13, he says this, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? In other words, you guys should get it. But since you don't, let me explain it to you. If you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand any of the parables? And I believe, and most theologians believe, that this is the core parable. This is the parable, when Jesus talks about the seed, that unlocks all the other parables. Anytime we see seed in the parables, we can bring that back to this. This is paramount to all the teachings of the parables that Jesus gives. So, it's, so then Jesus gives the interpretation again, just to the disciples. The sower sows the word. These that are along the path are where the word is sown, and when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. Those who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and then they had no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are like those sown among thorns. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, that's so important, the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. But those that are sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and a hundredfold. So what are we learning from this parable? Well, first of all, we're learning this, is that the seed is the word. When we talk about that seed, we're talking about the incorruptible word of God. We're talking about the word that should always produce. However, we're seeing in this case that the word of God is actually not producing. How shocking. I love 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. It says, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. So the word of God is imperishable. It's incorruptible through the living and the enduring word of God. So what's he saying? He's saying, listen, the word of God is incorruptible. You cannot corrupt the word of God. You can corrupt the soil, but you can't corrupt the word. Listen, any of us that know anything about sowing, about reaping, you've got to have the right ground that the, that the seed goes into. And just understand this, that all seed speaks of potential. The fruit is the product. So all, all, all seeds are just speaking of one thing. What are they speaking of? They're speaking of potential. So the Word of God has the potential to produce 30, 60, 100 fold. However, in order for that to happen, it must be planted in good ground. So the, the, the seed is the word, and so the seed is potential, and the fruit is the product. We also know this about when we talk about the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. First John, I'm sorry, John chapter 1 verse 14, it makes this statement about Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So what's the point? The point is this. The Word, no matter what way it comes forth, 
whether it be an encounter with Jesus, a real encounter that you're having with the Lord, or it's the word being preached or the gospel being preached, no matter how good that word is, Jesus is perfect. No matter how perfect that word is, if it doesn't fall in good ground, it will not produce fruit. And it's so important, beloved, that we remember this principle. What is Jesus talking about? What is the point of this parable? Is the point the word? No, the point is the soil because we see the same word going into different places, but it doesn't always produce. And let me just uh, give a little bit of encouragement to you. Even Jesus says that only 25% of the seeds that are sown actually produce. So that's an interesting thought for us uh, to remember as we go and we live our lives in obedience. Just understand that sometimes certain things just aren't going to produce. And so I want to share with you today three conditions of our heart based from this parable of our lives. Three conditions where fruit won't produce. Uh, Three conditions that keep us from being unfruitful. Proverbs 423 says this, we're real familiar with it, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. So what are the, the three conditions? Well, the first condition we see here is hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. This is this is bitterness. This is this is uh, being ultra skeptical, uh, not being able to be convinced. This means being argumentative, or or just having a defiant heart, being calloused, or 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 just wounded over the years that we've just allowed ourselves to grow so hard, or numb, or we're allowing unforgiveness, or pride, or rebellion to set in. All these things are, are a sense of hardness of heart. And so when the Lord comes and He tries to do something in our life, whether it be through an encounter, or He's trying to speak a word into our life, that word doesn't produce because we have so much offense or we have so much hardness in our heart that the enemy comes, just like he talks about in the parable, just like a bird, and he comes and he eats that seed. He steals what the Lord intended to grow in our lives. Beloved, it's so critical that we do the very best we can to guard our heart, to make sure that we're not bitter. Man, I check myself constantly. If if I find myself being resistant in any way towards a person or towards what the Lord wants to do in my life, I make sure that I just go to the Lord and say, Lord, am I bitter? Is my heart hard? Would you would you help me uh, to, to examine my heart in such a way to make sure that I'm receiving those things in my heart and they're producing? Because the devil wants to keep us hard. He wants to keep us angry. He wants to keep us frustrated because he doesn't want to see the Lord work in our life. He doesn't want to see the word be fruitful. The second condition of heart is the shallow emotional hearer. And this is that that seed that falls on ground and it actually takes root. However, beneath the surface of that ground, it's kind of stony and rocky. And Jesus says it this way. He says, listen, this is like those that hear the word, receive it with great joy. And when the sun comes out to actually grow them, what ends up happening is it ends up destroying them and killing them. Why? Because they have no root. Because they have no root. So quick fruit isn't always lasting fruit. It's critical that we grow our roots, that we work through the hardness, uh, that we that we work because eventually, eventually the sun's going to come out. Eventually the trials are going to hit and we need to make sure that we have a root system so that the, the heat that actually nourishes us doesn't destroy us. So trials are mandatory for our development. So in order to endure the trials, we've got to make sure that we're well rooted, that we're not just well planted, but we're actually growing 
roots. Oh, that's good. That's for somebody that you're not just planted, that you're actually well rooted. So hardness of heart will destroy you. The shallow, being shallow, just being emotional, not, not taking roots, not growing your, your inner life, your life that's hidden, not growing those things. Those will keep you from being unfruitful. And the third area is this. And let me just say this about that one more thing. No root, no fruit. No root, no fruit. Number three, a focus on worldly things. Remember what Jesus says? He's like, don't worry. Don't worry about the troubles of this life. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worries of its own. What's he talking about? He's talking about being concerned about material things in Matthew chapter six. And so many times in our life, God will do something. He'll start working. And if we're not careful, then the worries of this life will start to grow up and choke what God is doing, what God is speaking, what God is saying, the encounter we're having with Jesus. Many times we'll allow worry to come in and distract us from the work of the Lord. The other thing is just having a desire for worldly things. And that's what he says is he says the desire for other things, the desire for things that don't belong to you in the kingdom, the desire for worldly pleasures, the desire for sin, the desire for worldliness. We have an epidemic in the church that so many times that we want to, rather than attract the world, we're trying to be attracted to the world. We're, we're going in and trying to be just like the world and trying to see, hey, Lord, how, how, how far can I, can I hang along uh, the fringes and not be worldly? Beloved, we need to get serious about our fruit bearing in our life. And that doesn't happen by us going, well, how, how far can I live away from the Lord? How worldly can I be and still be in the kingdom. So the question that we really need to ask ourselves in this is not being consumed by material things, not being consumed by sin and the things that the world does for pleasure. The question we really need to ask is do I want more stuff? Do I want more freedoms of the flesh or do I want more fruit? Because if we're not careful, the desire for those things will overwhelm and they'll rob from us the fruit that God wants to produce in our life. And the fourth seed that we see in this parable is the one that bears fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold. So there's three stages, right? They heard the word, they received the word, and then it produced fruit. So you've got conception, right? Conception's the first thing that happens. That seed falls to the ground. That seed goes into the ground. We heard the word. You came to church. You got prayed for at the ministry time. You heard the word. That's great but it can't end there. Then you enter into the next phase. That's cultivation. That's when the, the seed begins to open up and begins to produce a root system. Beloved, it's so critical at this time when we're in this phase of cultivation that we continually work the ground, that we make sure that we're giving our roots room to grow. You've got to work the ground. You've got to work the ground or you're not going to continue to grow roots. So conception, Second is cultivation, and the third is fruition. That's when we begin to bear fruit. That's when people begin to look at our lives and go, wow, you're an orange tree. Wow, you're an apple tree. You're actually really in this thing. You're starting to look like Jesus. We have fruit in our lives. It's the healthy heart condition. If our heart can be healthy, then everything that the Lord does in our life will bear fruit fruit. So healthy things don't just grow, they multiply. And so you can look at a seed and you go, man, what do you see? Oh, I see an apple tree. That's pretty big thinking. 
But beloved, we don't just see an apple tree, we see an orchard where we look at that seed because we know that it produces not just one, but 30, 60, 100 fold. Healthy things don't just grow, they multiply. Beloved, the Lord wants to do an incredible work in your life through His Word. Would you make sure that you just have a tender heart? Would you make sure that you're developing the, the root system of your heart? Would you just make sure that your desires are aligned with Jesus? And I wanna make one last suggestion to you, is that if you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm really having a hard time with all these things. God will do something and then it's gone, it doesn't last. Listen, one thing that I encourage you to do is just stay in the Word. Because the Word not only just continually produces in our life and when it gets in the right places, but it also prepares the ground of our heart. Let me pray for you. Father, I love you so much. I thank you for our people, God. I thank you that they have a desire for your Word. They have a desire for your truth. God, I, I thank you that we're in this season in the book of Mark, Lord, where we're digging into your Word. And Lord, what we're asking is that you will help us. Will you work into our heart? Will you work your word into our heart in such a way, God, that it's producing? Lord, I pray for every hard heart today. I pray, God, that you'd make them tender. Lord, by your good mercy and by your good grace, Lord, I ask that they would receive from you, that they would take that hardness to you, Lord, and that you would take their heart of stone and give them the heart of flesh. Lord, for those who have been back and forth, they've been an emotional hearer, or they've had some experiences with the Lord, but they just can't bear fruit that remains. It seems like every time, every time something difficult happens that they kind of bail out. I pray, Lord, that you help them today. I pray, God, that you would help them develop that root system. Lord, to help them break away those things that would keep them uh, from growing those roots by your grace and by your goodness. Lord, I also pray, Lord, for those who are just so unfocused, Lord, in their life, and they've allowed the desires of the world They've allowed the, 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 the worries of this life to come in and choke them and keep them from being fruitful. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would capture their focus, that you would capture their attention. In Jesus' name, amen.